Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word podcast. I hope you're doing good. Going to go into part nine of understanding how to win in spiritual warfare today. Before we do that, we want to thank all those of you that download the information, the Bible studies, the teaching, and the preaching. I pray that they're a blessing to you. Would love for you to contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, Mike Springston Ministries. Dot com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's messaging. So let's get busy with our um, script, with our word today. Now remember last time we were going through Philippians chapter 4, and uh, we were talking about it verse by verse in terms of what Paul was saying Uh, to those of us concerning how to win in spiritual warfare. We're going to pick up with verse 14 today. But before we do that, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you will open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, we surrender ourselves, yield, and sanctify ourselves to the Word of God. We ask that Jesus would speak and render truth through the Holy Spirit, and we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to only speak words that relay and portray what Jesus Christ is trying to show us. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, Lord, and our God. Amen and amen. Well, (laughs) excuse me, verse 14, Notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me, as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, understanding how to win in spiritual warfare. Paul began this chapter, Philippians 4, by telling us how to stand fast in the Lord. This is great, my friends, the the process, the plan, and the pattern of standing fast is awesome if we're trying to win in spiritual warfare because we have something from Paul's teaching to influence our soul until we can find peace. Now remember Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. He said, be appropriate and be patient. Pray. Allow these things to keep you in peace. Allow your soul to think on the correct things. This is a real issue because it is a trick that the enemy uses to deceive and distract us from the truth and from reality. 
He uses our thoughts often to trick us into thinking that we perceive that what we are perceiving is real. He wants us to identify with the problem. He wants us to wallow in the problem and then he wants us to give in to the problem by thinking that it is so big that we cannot handle it. Well, the last part may be correct, but Paul says that how we think on things is going to impact our ability to bring ourselves under the ability to handle the difficulties and the issues of life. He said, if you want to do that, (laughs) think on things that are true. Think on things that are honest, just pure, lovely, and of a good report. Think on things that have excellence and strength. And think on things that have praise. What we need to think on is what will drive our next actions. If you remain with the seeds of thought that provoke worry and fear, then your actions will be in response to those worries and fears. Both of these are creations of an overactive imagination anyway. For this purpose, we must cast down the thoughts that would put a stranglehold on our ability to see the thing that is both to be praised and that offers strength. Of course, that is Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our God. Now, Paul tells us, Prior to verse 14, do the things that you have learned. Take care, number one, of the ministry, and allow the ministry to give you words of revelation that will take care of you. Now let's look at chapter 4, beginning with verse 14. Paul said, but thank you for communicating with my burden. In other words, when they had the opportunity to bless Paul, they did, and he was very appreciative of it. Are you blessing your ministry? Are you giving gifts into the ministry that gives gifts into you? Now, if they had not done so, Paul, being strong in his soul, he would have been able to keep on ministering. But they did. And they should have, for the workman is worthy of his hire. Now, here is the place where I would stop and say to you concerning Paul's teaching in Philippians 4. If your man of God is not teaching the Word of God in its true form and not giving you the words of revelation, not being led by the Spirit to do so, then you need to check and look at the fruit that's being produced from the life of those to whom you are giving the most precious thing that you possibly have without question have, and that is your soul and your spirit. Often people go to churches for various reasons. Sometimes it's tradition, sometimes it's family. Very rarely is it an understanding of doctrine. So therefore, they can be taught things that may not be the direct truth from the Word of God. If the man of God 
is feeding your soul and your spirit with the word of truth, and you are able to discern that by going behind him and studying the word of God to see it for yourself. I remember years ago I was talking with a minister out of South Carolina, and he made some comments about the word of God, and I knew where those comments had come from because I've read them myself. And he said, when the comment would be made, I would go to the Word of God and I would read the Word of God for myself. He said, it would so excite me whenever I found out that the, the man that was teaching was teaching the express Word of God, that it was nothing more or less than the Word of God. And he said he would call his wife and tell his wife, look, I found this in the Word of God today. He had found truth. He had found a man of God that was bringing forth a revelation that could be um, utilized in his own life. Now, too frequently, people bring forth a lot of revelation that has very questionable background. Sometimes that revelation is a revelation that is directed exactly expressly for them. I know of those that have said that they found this, that, and the other in the Word of God, and now they're preaching it as if it were the message for everybody. Well, the reality is, is that often the Word of God becomes to you as a revelation for you and your life and where you are, the condition that you are in, that the Word of God must deal with in order to get you into a position where you can move on from the foundation principles according to what the writer of the book of Hebrews said in chapter 6. So we need to make sure that we take care of those who feed us and they feed us truth. We need to take care of those who are teaching us the word of God appropriately. Years ago, my wife and I went out to a dinner place and it was a very special dinner place and uh, we were there, and, and uh, there was a woman who was a local uh, media representative who went around restaurant to restaurant and wrote an article about that restaurant. Well, that night we went home, and I woke up in the middle of the night with food poisoning, and my wife woke up in the middle of the night with food poisoning, and uh, I'm certain because they were right there beside of us, they woke up with food poisoning. Now, do you think that that individual wrote a good reference? Well, probably not, would you say? Do you think that we ever went back to that place to eat again? Absolutely not. Because if I find out that something is not correct, safe, done correctly, well, I'm not going to go back there. I'm not going to try to feed my body from something that I know has a history of not being done the way safely, prepared safely. But we do this all the time with the Word of God. We go to churches, we listen to preachers, we give great uh, money to preachers. I remember a few years ago a friend of mine was telling me how he had decided that uh, the, the, the church, the pastor had offered for everybody to sow into the pastor's life. Sow into the pastor's life. Well, so he and his family decided they were going to be sowers into the pastor's life, and they began to give more money uh, directed to the pastor. Well, 
Time went on, and all of a sudden, uh, things begin to crop up in the church, problems in the church, pastoral issues in the church. Eventually, the church lost its entire building because they were not paying for the building. Uh, but all of that money had been sewed into a man, and in that man, there was no fruit to justify such sowing. Now, in Paul's case, when they sowed into Paul's life and into Paul's ministry, great things came out of it. If you're in the middle of spiritual warfare, I implore you to find teaching that is going to minister to you and is going to give you God's word on it. And then I implore you to support the ministry that does that. I implore you. I, I, I uh, know that when the man of God is giving you truth and revelation, that man of God needs to be supported. That's what Paul is saying in verse 14. In the beginning, verse 15, no one operated in, now watch this, in giving and receiving. No one gave gifts to his ministry initially. Now look at these terms. We usually understand the giving word. But what is Paul saying when he uses the word receiving? Well, he's saying they were giving according to what they had received. I would venture to say that in most cases, if we got right down to brass tacks, and we talked about what we were giving based on what we had received, there would be many people in this day and age who are producing things from the pulpit that are not being received in the pew. And they're producing things that have no value to be received anyway. Isn't that such a sad thing? But Paul said that... Uh, 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 he, they were giving according to what it was that they received. Well, think about who is making that statement. Paul is saying, listen, I've given to you not only the power of God, the demonstration of God. I've taught you about Jesus Christ as Lord and God. And I have exposed the mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, as well as expressed to you grace by faith. Through faith. Now, these things are great things to have been received. They received, think about it, the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And they received the instructions that disseminated from the throne where Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord, and God resided through Paul's ministry. This caused them to measure back equally for what had been measured to them. Now, this is a critical issue to be understood because in our world of giving, we are measuring and giving in places and most of it is being given out of our desire to have wealth of which Paul speaks very explicitly in 2 Timothy about the problem with gainsayers and the problem with the wealthy. So, when we give, we should be giving back an equal measure 
of what has been given to us, what's been measured to us. What's being measured to you, my friend, from the Word of God? Is the measure, is the message, give and God will make you rich, what's being given to you from the pulpit? If so, I want to ask you a question. How's that working out for you? Is the message that it is the will of God that everyone be like Abraham? If so, has your nation risen to that size under a calling and a covenant such as Abraham was given? Is the message that we're spreading the gospel worldwide? If so, are you seeing them in a worldwide ministry? Now, I know that many organizations take up a lot of money for worldwide missions, but I also know because we have missionaries in our church that the missionaries themselves have to grow and support financially their own ministry to go wherever they go. But yet millions of dollars are being reckoned for missions. But yet the missionaries have to go about raising their own funds to go overseas and share the gospel. I, those things, uh, well, you know, they just make me put my finger on my nose and say, hmm. If the message is one where the messenger is reflecting the same giving spirit towards you that you are, are to him, is that the message? In other words, what financial blessings from that ministry have you received lately? Oh, well, they sent me a pendant. Okay, they sent me a letter. Okay, did you take any of those out and put them into actual hard cash like the hard cash you're giving? Is the ministry coming to your home when there is need to ensure that you're being taken care of? Are they providing things such as marriages, funerals, counseling, etc.? How many meals have they provided for you and your family? Now, what's the point of all of this? There is a giving and there is a receiving, a give and a take on both ends that must be ongoing. If there is not, then there is a ministry breakdown. When a ministry breakdown can easily and readily be seen, then the parties must consider what Paul has said in Philippians 4.15. Someone said, well, they teach the Word, so when's the last time you heard them preach on anything other than their bailiwick, their uh, particular emphasis, such as finances? I would say that, of course, this is rare, if ever at all. Now, if you want to win in spiritual warfare, my friend, you need to understand the depths of which I'm speaking here. Because in those depths, which is the Word of God, is going to be the answers that's going to get you through spiritual, spiritual uh, warfare. We can look around the world and find out that the rich are absolutely the most miserable. So if you're looking for a ministry that's trying to make you rich and wealthy, there are they are rich and wealthy. They are the, the, the world of wealth is a world that's miserable. Well, someone said they're teaching the word of God. I heard them preach. They're 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 telling it like the word of God. 
There are ministries that seek to minister to the entire sphere of the Christian, but they cannot provide any daily ministry. This is what the local ministries are for. This was the design of God from the very beginning for the church. The local church. Giving to the local church. Tithing to the local church. Doing what Paul said. Ministering. Giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. It goes both ways. The minister gives to you and you receive the Word of God. The Word of God strengthens your soul and your spirit. And you begin to be able to combat the enemy. You give and the minister receives. You give your finances into the ministry. And the ministry receives your finances so that the ministry can go on now. Now watch this because this is imperative. If the ministry is measuring out to you means and mechanisms from the Word of God to combat spiritual warfare, then you are telling your ministers how well they are sharing the ability in your life to overcome the enemy and the trials and the threats that the enemy attempts to impose upon you by how well you give to him. If he's ministering to you, then you need to minister to him. That's what Paul is saying here. Paul said to start with, you didn't do it. But then you found out that the truth was in the truth and I could, uh, the Holy Spirit would demonstrate through me and the power of God would come out of me and now, now you are giving. Verse 16, Paul commends their giving and continues his giving into them from his ministry. Notice what he gave them based upon what they received transcended their locality. So should this be the way it is? Give based upon what you receive? The minister gives the word of truth, demonstrates the Spirit, operates in the gifts of the Spirit for the edification of the church, and so much more. He encourages, listens, prays, sings, presides, and so forth. If you receive these engagements of ministry, then seek with an open heart to bless his or her ministry with the abundance of your blessings. Now, the deeper he influences your life, the more generously you bless that ministry. It is the idea of giving based off of what you are receiving. Now, isn't that something? Not the ministry based off of, I'm going to give this because I want you to make me rich. Not the ministry of giving because someone is sick and you said if I would give so much money, they'd be healed. No, it's the ministry of giving off of what you're receiving. Verse 17, Paul places this practice into the identification of a fruit that was being given to their account. Now, what's that mean? It means that Paul understands the importance of the abundance of the gifts of which people are giving. And of course, this tells Paul how deeply they've been influenced by his work. It tells him how much they've been affected by the message of grace, for instance. This fruit will abound in many ways. It will abound to continue their spiritual growth. It will abound to the increase of their influence. It will abound to the increase of their ability to give. 
It will abound in the development of the church, which again will influence their ability to be generous. It will cause things to be said concerning them that will speak to the motives from which they give. Now, this is a big one. The motive was to reflect the power and authority by which the Word of God has influenced each giver. Now, I want to ask you, is the Word of God influencing you? Or is emotion influencing you? If you're giving based off of having received from the Word of God, then I would venture to say you are gaining enough of a power platform to be able to stand against any while of the devil. The motive was to support the spread and the flow of this message into every city and town that Paul may locate to preach the gospel. The motive was the ministry of the Word of God and to send the one that was called by God to deliver that message. So it was a pure motive. It was a pure motive. They didn't give to get money back. They gave to get the Word of God back. Now I want you to see that. They gave to get the Word of God back. Paul gave the Word of God to get it into them so that they could understand the operation of God. The, the church gave to Paul so that Paul could see how they had received the Word of God and how they had been influenced by the Word of God. It was a pure motive. No one was saying, I'm going to give to Paul because Paul is telling me I'm going to get rich. They were giving to Paul saying, I see the revelation. It's in me. It's on me. It's upon me. I understand the revelation. My soul has adapted to the revelation. And so I'm giving to say to you, Paul, keep giving me the word of God. Keep blessing me with the Word of God. If you want to win in spiritual warfare, you'll understand this dynamic concept of giving and receiving. You'll understand the necessity of being given the Word of God, the understanding of the necessity of receiving the Word of God, then the, the, the necessity of giving to the man that is giving you the Word of God so that he can understand the depth of influence that His Word from the Word of God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit is having in your life. Now, Paul said, verse 18, I have all and abound. Have you ever heard a preacher in our modern day world saying that? I'm full because I received. I'm full because I gave and you received. And I'm full because you gave and I received. My sacrifice to you and your sacrifice to me is a sweet-smelling odor that is acceptable and well-pleasing to God. You want to win in spiritual warfare? Understand the cycle of giving and receiving and giving and receiving. The preacher being the giver, you being the receiver. You being the giver and the preacher being the receiver. Now watch what Paul is saying. The process of giving must be met by the process of receiving. This is a two-way process for the bearer and the hearer. Giving nor receiving is nothing more than well-pleasing to God. What I gave is the best of the spiritual world, Paul would have said, and you, the hearer, have received it, and faith came from it. What you gave was the best of the natural world, Paul would say, 
I received it. This is the design that is acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Now look at verse 19 because this is what this is all about. God supplies all my needs. Now what does that mean? It's clear. God supplies what Paul needs to give so that the people can receive the influence of God's Word. The people then give based upon the depth of their receiving. And Paul receives their gift to the glory of God. Paul must keep receiving the thing that God supplies in order to keep giving the things that the people require. If he does not have the goods that can only be supplied by his engagement in the Spirit and with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the throne room of God, then he has nothing of substance to provide, nothing to give for the ministry to the people. I I see that so frequently in ministry today. If he has nothing, then what will they receive? Absolutely nothing. You'll have a, a a penguin in the pulpit and penguins in the pews, however that saying goes. Polar bear in the pulpit and penguins in the pews. That's what it said. If you don't get, if he doesn't have anything to give, you don't have get anything out of it. You come in dead and go out dead. If they receive nothing, then what are they going to do? They're going to give nothing. But Paul says that he has no worries of not receiving from God. Why? Because he's rich and he has a full supply of the grace. And that is the grace of which the people need. Now, where is it? It's in the glory that is found in Jesus Christ. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Verse 20. Knowing this, Paul gives God glory because he knows if he does what he is supposed to do, then God will always do what he is supposed to do. So having this knowledge now, our pulling from Philippians chapter 4 and 19, and applying it at will to our lives as a blanket blessing, well, it just can't be done that way. Why? Well, we must understand what Paul is teaching. We must understand what Paul was giving and why Paul was receiving. We must understand that the supply Paul refers to is first the supply of the power and demonstration that was received by the hearer. We must also understand that the receiver of the demonstration can find nothing earthly to share that is as value or as treasured as the gifts that God used to supply Paul's needs for ministry. Someone would say they're getting it right out of the Scripture, Pastor. Correct. It is just as the Word said it would be, though. We're being deceived by the ministry of a doctrine of deceit. Now, my friends, I'm going to end there, but I'm going to tell you. If you're going to win in spiritual warfare, you're going to have to be given the Word of God. Sometimes you're going to have to be force-fed the Word of God. You're going to have to be given it. You're going to have to operate by faith. You're going to have to receive it. You're going to have to take it into yourself. Then you're going to have to give out of yourself based on how that message has influenced you to bless the one or the ones who are ministering truth into your life. Not truth about how to get rich, but truth about how to live and overcome and be more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Truth from the Word of God that changes your ability 
to stand in the face of the enemy in power and in truth and see God give you the means to not only escape, but to live in peace and to be encouraged by his word. Now, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It belongs to me when I give and receive correctly. God bless your word as we study it. Open our eyes that we can see. And we will give you praise for all of the truth in your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. Amen. Well, I'm going to leave you today. I hope you enjoy the word of God as much as I do. I want to tell you if you'll find him as Lord. He'll be Lord over everything that has a name and that includes the devil. And if you'll find him as the man in the Godhead, Bale, he will communicate with you and he will lead you and guide you into truth. He will bring you into the day and the season of victory in spiritual warfare. May God bless you until we speak again.